Carrie Ferris, the founder of Once Again Home Company, is with us today. She spent her career in textiles and retail before launching her own brand during COVID. Her vast knowledge of the industry has been a huge asset in building her company. We talk product launch, strategy, deciphering what consumers want, juggling being a mom and a founder, and her husband joining the company, and lots more. She's pushing beyond being introverted and is an absolute delight. Let's hear why and how Carrie is growing and succeeding. Super excited to have Carrie Ferris with us today from Once Again Home Company. I always have to think about that. Um, and I'm excited for her to share her story and you guys have to check out her products for sure. So welcome, 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 Carrie. Thank you. So glad to have you. Yes. Thank so you for we're just me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, we are going to just dive in and um, learn about your company and learn how you got started. I find your background really interesting. Um, so I won't steal your thunder, but tell us how you became a founder and what road led you to here. Well, I have been in the um, home textile business for over 20 years. Um, I've had experience as a buyer on the vendor side um, and really the last 10 years or so doing uh, mostly like product development and key account management, things of that sort. Um, I opened my own business in 2017 to expand upon my um, sort of relationships with factories overseas and then tying them into um, relationships I had with larger retailers such as Kohl's and Big um, Bed Bath and Beyond, Big Lots, you know, a whole sorts of stuff. Um, so, you know, that was floating along and, you know, usual um, sort of transition of, of life and it was going well. But then COVID started uh, and I was kind of, you know, wondering like what was going to happen. I mean, in retrospect, we all know that it really boomed retail, which was fantastic. But at the beginning, nobody knew what they were right. going to do. Nobody knew where they're going to be. And I started cleaning my house like crazy, like everybody else. And um, one of my factors had sent me a towel and had been cleaning with it and just kept finding myself using it over and over again because I have so many samples in the house, so many different products. Um, That's the almost, part I think would be so fun, not to interrupt you, but yeah. so fun to get all these samples from all these different companies to try. Like, is that like, I'd be like a kid in a candy store. You would think so, except for then you end up with like one pillowcase of this and one oh. pillow here and like nothing. And then you to feel bad buying anything because you always have these samples around. I end up having a storage space. Uh, you know, it, it, yes, <laughs> it is. And I think for friends of mine, family and friends of mine, they're thrilled. But um, for me, you know, you know, I do like to use the products that my factories um, produce because I think, you know, you know more about the product if you use it. So th the product 
that I'm speaking of ended up being the toweling that we use in my brand. Um, the factory itself was not in a position to create a brand to what my expectations were and what I knew was going to be the market fit for it. So they have aligned with me and were, have been incredibly supportive of me creating my own brand. And in doing so, I've also partnered up with the Chicago branch of the um, WB. ENC, um, the WeBank, women-owned certification, because I was, you know, I've been in business for a while. I'm maybe a late bloomer for an entrepreneur of a new um, uh, brand, but it was only because the opportunity kind of presented itself, and I only would have opened the brand knowing how much I loved the product. There was really no true reason for me other than that before. It wasn't Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's sort of timing is everything, right? So mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of how everything started. And that was in 2020. Wow. And so do you still do the consulting? I call it consulting, but the sourcing consulting business as well? So we, we still have that in our um, company, but it is much more... Um, we, we really narrowed it down to sort of a, like a couple of key players. And I was fortunate enough that my husband, who he and I had very similar backgrounds. We met being buyers. Um, he was then on the vendor side, a lot of sourcing background as well, was able to join us in August of 2022. So he has taken that off my plate, which has really allowed me to spend even more time um, doing what I really want and need to do to grow the business. Um, and you would think that we could add three more people and there would still be things to do. You know how that goes. You're like, you think it's going to like save and give you all this time. And then it just completely fills in around you. So we do yeah. have it. It works while we work with some, um, some different factories in different countries all around and still handle business with larger retailers. Yeah. Okay. So how does that work? So you decided on this material Mm -hmm. and was it already in towel form whenever you received it? It was like a swatch of sorts. And Uh, when I went then to inquire about it, the thing that, you know, not only did I love the way it worked, but when I inquired about it, then I realized that it also, the product I had was made with recycled um, polyester, which is made from recycled bottles. So I'm using it sustainable. Yes. So it's totally sustainable, which was like sort of like the aha moment of I love this product. I'm using it instead of paper towels, because at that point, too, paper towels were a rare um, find at a lot of stores. So you're Mm -hmm. really trying to hold back and and not use your paper towels. And then to find out it it can and was made with um, recycled bottles. Um, I was just so excited about it. Um, So it kind of, again, like when the doors open, you know it kind of thing. And um, we're also able to print on it, which was the sort of the third component of, I, you know, being in this business a long time, I love what we call yarn dye woven products or woven products. I do. I love them a a ton, but I've always been drawn to prints. And so being able to sort of differentiate um, and really go after sort of this 
product that could clean, absorb, take the place of other products in your home and print on it, meaning that you could give it personality, you could give Mm -hmm. it like a whole life of its own was also incredibly appealing. Yeah, that's super cool. So how do you come up with your prints? It's kind of a a combination of things. So I keep an eye on the market, obviously. Um, I look forward um, at sort of higher end products um, and kind of what's trending and color and shape and design. Um, I create mood, what they're called as mood boards or trend boards, which Mm -hmm. is basically inspiration that I'm pulling from the marketplace of different things and different reasons. And then I work with my designer who is based in Miami, who is also a very close friend of mine and I've worked with for years. Um, I'm incredibly fortunate because her, between her and I, we have so much experience in home textiles that we understand like sometimes the nuances of prints and why they work and why they don't work and why they sell and why they don't sell. So we, we can bring that experience into what we're developing. And you're never going to be completely correct. And you do have to throw in some stuff sometimes to just balance out the looks of things and and kind of get to things. But I would have to say we've had a pretty good track record. Um, yeah. Print, so how do you tell whether a print's not going to work or not? Like, so not, you have to give us your, your yeah, secrets. Yeah, it's subjective. And I, I, sh- I should get more. Um, the goal will be, <laughs> let's just say that. Um, ideally, and some companies do this, like they'll send off like, um, kind of like a survey, right. To customers Mm -hmm. and say, which one of these do you like? And that happens quite regularly. Um, there's companies that do that. Um, at this point, we're not participating in that at this level. We do a little bit more of a, like a close circle of like what, you know, out of these Mm -hmm. things that we've done, which ones do you like best, which, you know, what do you feel like you also know based on like what's sold in the past, like what colors your customer mm-hmm. is um, really connecting with, why they've liked something. Um, so you try to take all those learnings into like sort of each next season. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've learned recently was that um, we really waited too long to create newness in the brand. Um and so we're on a much better cycle going forward for the rest of the year because our customer really likes to see that newness. Um, mm. So um, that's really Is that interesting. like in every month, two months, three months? Like, yeah, I'm really how, looking how at, Yeah, I'm going to look at it every other month to at least have a few things um, with big seasonal breaks, like sort of January and July for spring and, and then harvest to mm. holiday. Um, so yeah, so it's really a lot of those learnings. And it's really interesting because I find that there's a couple of people in my life that, I don't know how to say this eloquently, but like maybe aren't the most like fashion forward or like I wouldn't like necessarily think like, oh, they are really at the leading edge of stuff. But if I give them an assortment of towels, if they don't pick out the bestseller every time because their eye is really catching what a wider range of people will like. So they're kind of like my (laughs) go-to feedback. It's really quite interesting interesting. and I love it, you know? Yeah. How far ahead do you have to plan your prints in order to get them produced? 
So I'm fortunate because of my relationship that my timelines um, can get be compressed compared to maybe another person or a larger organization. So right now, I would say things that are going to start shipping in July, um, which would be three months from now, um, we had the samples like two months ago. So like five months before that, we confirmed the samples and then we start placing orders. So I'm really looking at a, I would say a six month six window months yeah. um, as opposed to a lot of like larger retailers. Um, if it's spring now, they're looking at placements for spring of next year. Next year. Wow. Where I'm still finishing up the back half of this year. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, I, I have that luxury that a lot of people don't have, but it still takes longer than like actually most people think it takes, you know? So, right. right. Well, and then you've got, I always think about how, you know, how much to order, like how, how do you do? Everyone does. There's different. So do you, you produce or you package everything in locally, right? No, all of our production is done overseas. Oh, so, but, so do you store the product once it's like somebody places an order, it comes from overseas? No, no, no. So I'm sorry. We produce it overseas. We bring it into the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. locally. Um, we fill all the orders locally. Locally. Yes. Right. So everything is shipping from really the Midwest. So then how do you know? how much to order when you're a new company. Do you know what I mean? You don't. Inventory. <laughs> you, don't. <laughs> you really don't. Um, so I guess that's been somewhat one of the, again, like the hidden um, sort of benefits of, you know, when you grow. Having you know, the it industry. Well, yeah. take a while uh, for customers yeah. to kind of see you and know who you are. We do a lot of wholesale business, business to B2B. Um, and our last show, um, you know, we sold a lot more than I had anticipated. So my goal is like, I'm kind of looking at like a yearly number and I'm breaking it down by quarters and then bringing in enough units to hit that goal, right? Um, but trying not to over buy the worst thing you could do in the beginning is to over purchase you're you're much better off trying to chase after things mm -hmm. and as a good example i am waiting on an air shipment as we speak because uh production did take longer on a few things than i had anticipated and um in order to satisfy customer needs i'd rather spend the money on an air shipment than to have that leftover inventory later and then try to have to get rid of it. Mm. So it's a hard balance. And again, that's where I kind of draw upon my previous um, experiences um, to know sort of where I think um, the products are going to sell, you know, because cool tones for us and things in blues and greens sell extremely well, right? So I know mm. I'm going to buy heavier on those than maybe the things that are in colors that might feel a little bit newer or unproven. Um, but you do have to be careful and it is something that is 
difficult for a lot of small businesses. You know, I've seen people on Shark Tank like everyone else, and they'll be like, well, we brought in 20,000 units, and they're in a warehouse, you know, across the street. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, oh, my God, who would yeah. ever bring in 20,000 units without knowing that they have enough, like, traction to that you're going to sell that within the next six months? Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I get it. Sometimes I'm in a business that, you know, textiles works differently than things that you're creating molds for and that you have to put certain units, you know, minimums on. But um, it's, it is something we really take a lot of time and effort on. And it's um, something that we're perfecting as we go. Yeah. So you mentioned wholesale and then um, you, you have done a few markets as well right? So like, what's been your strategy coming from the retail industry and the textile industry? First of all, I just have to say, I think that your wealth of knowledge probably adds a lot of value to starting this particular company. Because if somebody were to start this without that background, I think they'd probably have a completely different type of experience or journey. We'll say that. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree. Yes. And (laughs) and sometimes not even for the worst. I mean, sometimes they're looking at it from a fresh set of eyes and my eyes are a bit, you know, tarnished from my experience. But you understand how it all works and, you know, like all the layers and who to go to and whatnot. Correct. So what has been your strategy? Because, you know, the big thing for most product companies is all about marketing and getting it out to the customer and getting it in front of the eyes. And like, what has been your strategy? So, um, a couple of things that I would give people as I'll say my strategy and then a bit of advice within it is that in the beginning, as I was going through the woman owned business certification, there's a local chapter here in Chicago. Um, and so they had, um, a program called top shelf where you work with retailers to kind of get your product to be ready to present it. Well, I, Mm. I, you would say, I know how to do that. I, I do know how to do that. But I was really curious as to what different tools and different perspectives and actually using it as a place to keep me accountable to getting things moving and, mm-hmm. uh, and going along. So so that actually was a huge help. And I still work with them and, um, in different ways, in different capacities. Um, and you don't even have to be certified to participate in a lot of their programming. Mm-hmm. So um, I would I would highly recommend it. I think that that helped. I also um, work with a uh, a mastermind group at Her Brand and Co. And that's been going on. It'll be about a year and a half, almost two years. And again, accountability, idea generation, um, kind of helping to like a, you know KPIs achieving goals. Um, again, it, it, you know, not a crazy expense level given what I'm getting out of it. So in the beginning, we did a lot of localized markets and I kind of thought, well, this is silly. I'm a national, I want, I want to be a national brand. Like why? Yeah, I'll do them because we're here and we have inventory and stuff like that. But what I, what I discounted was the ripple effect of what starting local can do, even if you have intentions of being national mm-hmm. and that ripple effect of, oh, my mom's in town and she's going to go to this market with me. And then when she gets back to Boston, she's buying again. And then she told her friend and then they buy back. And then, the you know, so it's it's really a, an achievable way. It also cut, cuts down on expenses, right, mm-hmm. um, as you're looking to try to get visibility 
you know, we've done Instagram and Facebook, and those are great avenues for awareness, but they're not going to like drive your sales, especially in the beginning. It's not like you become viral and you just start selling everything. Mm -hmm. You really have to get out there personally. And then like these small pop-up markets were also great to get people's feedback Mm -hmm. to really see what they thought of the product, what they thought of the pricing, what their, you know, what their thoughts were in general. Um, mm -hmm. So boutique so, stores, did you do, have you done boutique stores? So it started with selling direct to consumer. And then we went on fair, which is like a portal to sell to stores, right? Oh, but you just okay. post, you post your product on there and you sell it like is kind of like an Amazon for, for stores. Wholesale, yeah. But then we, this year we went to an Atlanta gift store or gift market, um, the inspired home show in Chicago. And we're, you know, we're going to do a lot more trade shows. So now we're in about 120 independent retailers from a mixture of fair and these other markets. And then that business also is driving people back to our website because again, not every store is going to carry all the patterns. Not every store is going to carry every single skew. Um, and so people really like the product and they will come and search it out. And we also put our name and website on all the product to make sure they yeah. have a way to get there. Yeah. So, so that's kind of been, you know, sort of the evolution of what we're doing and we keep, we just keep working on it. We keep perfecting it. We keep updating the website. We keep trying to add, you know, what we're doing and how to make it better and easier. But, um, we have a lot of a little bit higher wholesale business right now than direct to consumer business. And that is something we, we made an attempt to switch and push after because we really felt that this wholesale business will be a much more cost effective way for us to get our product out there in front of people. When you sell to wholesalers, they purchase it and then you're not reliable to take that product back if it doesn't sell, are you? Um, no, no, we don't offer that. Um, there could be some stores that may ask that. Um, it's consignment in general, um, you know, where you give them the product and they pay you as they sell it. I really oh, yeah. stayed away from it's very, it's very messy. It's tough. Yeah. It's That's really hard tough. to track too. I would yeah. Think. Um, what we have done, though, and I would recommend to people, especially if you're a newer brand, is we've kept our minimum order quantities low um, so that the stores can try it without feeling like they're investing, you know, uh, maybe too high of what they're ready to do and they can try it out. Mm -hmm. um, we've never had anyone call and ask to ship the product back or and honestly, we in general, I, it's kind of crazy. Like even from our direct to consumer side, I think I've had three returns and most of them were because they just wanted to exchange it for a different pattern. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I've been incredibly lucky on that. I wish should knock on wood cause I don't want to, you know, jinx myself, but it, you know, there's a lot of other businesses that are fashion oriented that returns and, you know, sort of guaranteed sales, um, becomes part of the, the mix. Right. Right. Interesting. I love it. I think it's great. So what would you say is next? Are you going to launch different products, more products? Um, what, what's next? 
continue to <laughs> so, grow? Like, what do you see? I, are you national now? I, it sounds like you are. Yeah. So, so um, for once again, Homeco, it's our premium brand. And um, as I mentioned, we're at 120 some independents, you know, those thousands of those that we can sell to. So we're just barely getting started there. And we know there's a lot of opportunity. Um, expanding the product offerings within it, I have, you know, we have some new things coming up that will um, expand um, the product offerings as well, so that each one of those um, stores also have more opportunities to purchase other items from us. Um, and then we also launched a new brand called Bright Habits at the Inspired Home Show in Chicago in March. And that is really based on, it's a similar um, concept in the fact that the product is made from recycled bottles. It is really, it does a nice job. It's really absorbent, really um, works well in the kitchen. It is a different type of weave, a different weight, a different size, a whole bunch of, you know, things that kind of differentiate it. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason we did that is um, we have so much experience with larger retailers. And the once again, Homeco product, like I mentioned, is a premium. That price point's not right for them. Um, also, we want to, we really feel strongly that independent retailers um, need to be protected. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't want, we want to keep that solid to that chain of business as well as our direct to consumer because of how special that product is. Um, so we're just starting to launch that and it's a little bit more cleaning based. Um, so you might find it more in the cleaning area as mm -hmm. opposed to like the kitchen area, or sometimes there'll be a couple of items that would transition over that maybe it's in the kitchen area. Um, so it's at Meyer stores right now, um, in all their stores. Um, so that was a great way to launch it. And, um, we had a ton of interest at the show. So, you know, by the back half of this year, you'll definitely see it in, in many more. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, larger retailers. Congrats on that. So you mentioned that your husband came on board. I know um, we briefly spoke about this earlier, but just for listeners, I'm certain that some of them are curious. How <laughs> does that work like um, husband and wife working in a startup together. I mean, at least he understands, at least you guys understand each other and what's going on and what work the demands, what demands there are and whatnot. Cause I think a lot of times family and friends don't understand what a startup founder goes through. Mm -hmm. Um, so how has that experience been? Um, I say it would depend on the day and you might, <laughs> you might give you a different answer than I will. <laughs> um, so I, I, it's going well in the fact that I am very fortunate to have him, somebody with that level of experience coming in and somebody that you trust that has had a lot of similar background. He's really taking over the operations piece of things, the financial piece of things, as well as running the consulting business and then helping to head up some of the sales piece of the new brand, Bright Habits. Um, so, so that piece of it is really good um, and has really helped us make a ton of traction where it would have taken a, a lot longer for sure. But on the day-to-day -day level, um, you know, we are in two different offices. Um, we still have a home-based business. We're looking to move um, hopefully another like four or five months. Um, I, 
you know, try to remind him more so that like boundaries, like I need to be, I need to like sort of keep these certain things to Mm -hmm. me. Like, please don't step over that line when it comes to these certain things. And I will try not to step over the line when it comes to these kind of things. And I think we're not always great with that level of communication, but I think it's so important that you can say to the other person, like, you're stepping over the line that's like just back off, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're not like upset about that and angry about it. But you have to be able to to kind of keep your your own space. I mean, I started this. It was my baby. It was, you know, like everything. Um, I'm getting better at sharing my toys here. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say it was started that way. Um, and we both, I think, are finding our way as time goes on. I think it's been six months. So I think those things today are a ton better you know, also for him just to learn everything to come on. Um, But, you know, I, it's not easy. And I would, I would, we've worked together in the past, which is why I knew we could do it. But I do know that it's something we have to continue to communicate well, and really work on how that balances with our relationship. And Mm -hmm. that's probably something that is going to come up shortly where we have to be able to like, you know, take a vacation and just kind of say, let's just leave it all on the table and walk away for a little bit. Cause otherwise you, you kind of go a little mad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's pros and cons, right? So yeah, um, I think that's good though, that you set boundaries. I think that's a good piece of advice. So what is one lesson that you've learned along the way? That was like a big lesson that you learned. Um, well, I sometimes feel like there's a lot of big lessons that I've learned. <laughs> um, I guess one of them, and I, it's just really sort of a daily thing that I'm working on is really about, um, like leaving some room for myself. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that it didn't help that this was built during COVID. And so you really had nothing else going on in your daily life, right? So you could engulf your whole being. But I I have three teenage boys, actually. One of them's not even a teenager anymore. He's older than that. And so feeling like I missed some opportunities of time with them because I spent a lot of it doing this business Mm -hmm. and sort of feeling like um, you're not going to get that kind of time back. So um, it's something I, I definitely still struggle with daily and something I really want to do better with. Yeah. That's, it's so hard, isn't it? It's really hard. It's really hard. And the kids understand it on some level, but I think, and and they're proud of you, you know, right? Like they're, they're happy for you. They're proud of you. They, you know, they like to all this stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you kind of miss the mark. I'm showing them like how to um, prioritize what's really important to you, you know? And I think my generation in general, um, probably isn't very good at that. And I really love when I'm able to speak with like this group that I would mention her at her brand and code that the ladies are in their thirties and they just have a different perspective about work-life balance that I find really refreshing. And it's a really good reminder for me a lot of times. So mm-hmm. um, that's been kind of a nice, nice thing for me. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think sometimes you just have to walk away and shut it down somehow and just at least for me i have to focus on what's in front of me right like i compartmentalize my life otherwise 
my kid would be shortchanged quite a bit, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and there's a lot of mom guilt that goes with that, right? And you, you don't need to deal with that as well. Yeah. You know, I think that um, the other thing is actually doing things like this, putting myself out there. I, you know, it really is important. And um, I would say that I'm pretty introverted for somebody that's worked with large retailers for a long time and given presentations, but I mean, it's, you know, but really putting your face and your name and, and really marketing yourself as well as your company. Yeah. I've been shocked at how much the people have told me that. And I, and I was just always like in my head, like, don't worry about it, Carrie. You don't have to do that. Don't, you know, right. and you know, into year three, I realize it, it is important. And it yeah. really, people like to know also who they're buying from. They right. want to see, they want to know want you. That. They want that yeah. connection. Someone just, I just talked to this marketing girl and she was, she wrote a book on, she's all about emotional marketing, how you emotionally connect with your customers and consumers. And it's true. Like the more warm and fuzzy they feel, I think the more they're, they're going to do for you. Yeah. 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 And people have been amazingly generous um, and supportive. And so that's really like, you know, for me, Ben, I, I don't know why I'm so surprised, I guess, on some level, I just feel like um, I'm really lucky. And I think you, you're always surprised sometimes when like the amount of friends, family, you know, that have come to help support us. And, you know, my cousin who is a teacher um, and works a full, you know, week and runs my market shows for me whenever they come up and does an amazing job. And is just such a, like a good cheerleader sometimes for everything. And it's, it's, you know, I'm really lucky. I get yeah. have people like that around me. That's awesome. So did you make it on TikTok? No. <laughs> I, I haven't done, I, I have a TikTok account. I have not, you have to like market specifically for TikTok. I, and I really, I think there's opportunities there. I just, um, I haven't gotten there yet, but I think that, you know, like everybody else, um, I find it bad. I personally, I, I do watch, um, videos on TikTok. I love the informational stuff. I love finding little tips and things of that sort. So I know my product would do well if we shared some of that type of, um, mm -hmm. content. Um, and hopefully we'll get there at some point, maybe hopefully this year. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think about your company uh, quite a bit because when we spoke last, um, you were wanting, you were like, I'm going to take the plunge and I'm going to do this social media thing. I'm going to get on t TikTok. So I, uh, yeah. I think your brand would do great on TikTok actually. Yeah, I think it would. Um, it's, it's one of those things that like, I am also feeling a bit aged when I say this, but, um, I, I really like, like to see and hear from like a younger generation of like, well, like, what did you like about that? And, and like, kind of what, you know, what about that video kind of got you? And I just, I feel like you have to put that little, you have to really understand that customer to put out the right content for them and or hire a company. And at this point, um, you know, we've been putting a lot of our marketing funding back into the wholesale business and into um, the, the channels that we have going. So I would, I'm hoping again, like by fall, we can squeeze a little bit more out and, and, and try some new things that way. Yeah. Fun. Fun. 
so one other thing I wanted to bring up is that I know that we briefly spoke about sustainability in your um, towels and products being from recycled material and sustainable, but I also find it interesting. I feel like you carry that throughout your packaging and your delivery and things of that nature. So talk to us about why sustainability was so important in your, your delivery or your packaging and sustainability. So for me, I felt like I'm a sort of a typical American family where you want to be more sustainable, right? You want to put these practices in. We're recycling, we're, you know, doing some things. We actually added um, solar panels last year to our home. So that oh, was a nice awesome. um, addition. Um, but it's really hard to find things that like replace what you're currently doing so that you can kind of keep these practices, these habits of sorts um, uh, going. So that's really the basis of the brand. And that's really what we're sort of hanging our hat on is like, we want to become a trusted brand that you can come to us for products that you know will work as well, if not better than what you're trying to replace, or they're a great um, avenue to like have less things that work in more occasions like multi-use and things of that sort. So all of our packaging is um, FSC, which is the forestry, Council, I get the S's. Um, um, so making sure that the paper use is the correct um, type of paper that is more sustainable. Um, we don't over bag our towels. Like a lot of times when you might order something from somebody, you notice they come in a little poly bag, right? Um, we don't do that. We handpick everything and make sure that the environment's really clean and sterile so that it's not getting dirty. Um, we use recycled polyester, um, polyester, not polyester, I'm sorry, recycled pouches um, so that again, all of that is, um, reused. And then we take all the cartons that our products come in and we reuse those for either larger orders or wholesale orders, or at some point we do donate them to another facility that, um, like will give them away to people that maybe are moving or they want to use them for other, other things. So we're really trying to keep the whole model. Um, we are part of 1% for the planet as well. So we give away 1% of our uh, sales, um, not profit, but sales um, into different um, facilities each year, or we can volunteer time or um, so that it really is holistic in the way that we are looking at this. Um, you know, it is important to us as a family and um, it kind of forces us to really kind of think about all of those decisions. And at the end of the day, while reusing cartons is a more sustainable approach, anything that you use more than once, you know, two or three times, right? It kind of helps on everything, but it's also more cost efficient, right? So there's a lot of things about sustainability for our small business that actually is cost efficient and they should really consider it for the for both avenues, you know, and really look at what is it that I'm doing that I can not only, you know, save expenses on, but it also um, is more sustainable. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love all the different thought that you've put into even recycling the boxes that it comes in and donating and whatnot. I, I think that's awesome. So where can people find you? Where should they go? Our website is um, onceagainhome.com. Um, 
And on there, you can go into a page that will show you all the independent retailers. So there are a lot of people that just really want to um, support independent retailers. So we could try to keep that list up to date. Um, and so you can find one that is local to you. Um, as I mentioned, our Bright Habits products are in Meyer stores right now. Um, and that's the only avenue in which you can purchase them until fall. And then hopefully we have more to say about where to find those um, in more avenues. Um, and we are continuing to kind of partner up. We have um, a couple of other websites that we're looking at the Once Again Home product to be on that um, would really mirror our um, independent um, retailer structure, but those haven't been finalized yet. So once they are, I can share those. Yeah, that's awesome. And how can we help you succeed and um, increase your success or just support you? Well, you've already done so much because <laughs> you've bought my product. You've put me on your podcast. I mean, I really kind of feel like a little bit indebted to you at this point. So. No, not at all. Um, FYI, I love her products. They are fantastic. So um, I will promote them all day long. But um, I think, you know, I think what you're doing and highlighting women businesses, I mean, again, as as an outsider and being in the field for so many years, you know, you know, like there's women business certifications and things of that sort. But like now as an independent business owner and seeing people like yourself um, supporting women businesses and, you know, trying to get their uh, stories out there, you know, I think kudos to you because it really helps to, um, as we all know, that the noise we put out there in the Internet, right, it all comes back around um, and mm -hmm. people find your messaging um, much more frequently if you can get more marketing and programming out there. And then my other hope would be that hopefully I can, you know, um, I have some uh, executive needs at some point and then we can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about that. That would be way yeah, fun. That would be, that would be my goal as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you took your time. I know that it, you're busy. So I'm so glad you took some time out to chat with me and tell your story. Um, as she mentioned, go to onceagainhome.com or uh, you can go to Meyer if you'd like to check out that um, brand as well. And we'll also include links below. Um, so you can go to her website and um, check out whether you want to buy on the website because they can buy on the website, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Buy and on the website or go to a local retailer. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think probably we're just going to see your company grow and flourish. And I'm super excited to see and they have lots of fun patterns, too. I know she was talking about the patterns, but fun ones. They're, uh, they're fun. And uh, I like I'm one of those consumers that like seeing the new stuff every once in a while, just for a new flair, right? Like just yeah, something. And bright, we have some something. beautiful things coming in. I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being with us. And if there's anything that we can do to help you, by all means, let us know. We're here to support you and help in any way. So I appreciate your time. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. 
while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. Wings.